0: Hey everybody, Story Shark 2005 here with you on what an epic Monday, uh, August 24th. But we'll talk about that in a second. Today I have a great interview for you. Invisible Observer 13 is the author of Never Knew, which is um, one of the few works I'll probably workshop that's actually not uh, a romance. It's um, centered on the character of Jimmy. And his daughter, which he did not know about, and her name is Alyssa. And she's an original character created by this author. Um, So she's got three chapters up. It is a work in progress. And that is the work that we mostly discussed during this interview. We're going to tag Christy in this interview because she said that was okay. And she's pretty open about her writing. So give her a listen. Um, We talk about lots of things. um, But mostly the story never knew. The characters of Jimmy and Alyssa, so um, yeah, take get a listen. Um, but I couldn't uh, do this intro today without mentioning the uh, seasons one and two trailer drop that we got this morning that I didn't know about until probably about ten thirty or eleven o'clock central, and I was in the middle of a meeting with my boss, so I didn't get to see it until after. But man, I tell you what, I I was so stoked to hear the remix of um you're the best around i knew they had that card in their pocket with that song that we hadn't heard yet we knew we were going to hear it at some point um and it sounds fucking great and it's just a really high energy trailer i think especially when they kind of they're they're building toward the midpoint of the trailer and you get this like mixed up montage of especially like the payoff moment with daniel and robbie cut together with daniel and miyagi that first og payback moment Uh, But literally the last 15 seconds when we saw that season 3 footage from Okinawa, I literally yelled, oh my god, uh, really loud. Um, And thankfully, I'm the only one home. And then I started crying a little bit, which is kind of embarrassing. But um, fuck, man, I'm stoked. I'm so stoked. And if you haven't seen the trailer, stop listening right now. Okay, so you've seen the trailer. Fucking chosen, dude. That's definitely Yuji Okamoto's voice. Fuck yeah. And it's actually nice for me. It was immediately nice to see Daniel doing some like real sparring and not just practicing breathing exercises and kata. So I feel like that prediction I made or the wish I made in Brihanna's interview after she wrote that fucking sweet fight in A Walk in the Woods. And I was like... God damn, man i wish i could see some real fighting from adult daniel i feel like we haven't gotten to see that there was that beach scuffle but it was kind of cut up a lot and you didn't really see a lot of the fighting but i bet we're gonna get a badass sparring scene between chosen and daniel in season three so anyway that's my wish kind of slash prediction so anyway i just had to mention that because it's super fucking exciting so enjoy the interview Leave me a comment on the Podbean or um, there's a little room on the Discord or Instagram. That's kind of my main social or Tumblr as well. I don't have a Twitter for this thing. I don't know if I want to wrap myself up in a Twitter account. That seems like a giant time suck and attention suck. So, Oh, and fucking also, I apologize for people who care about how things sound. I did accidentally start this interview by... Leaving my microphone uh, across my desk, up on top of my printer. So for like 15 minutes, it sounds like I'm uh, standing about 20 feet away, trying to talk to you. I I boosted the levels as well, like well as I could, and it's really just the quality sounds a little tinny. But uh, hang in there. Uh, I did finally notice that and discreetly move my mic back in front of my face. So sorry about it. <laughs> okay, enjoy. Like your Sean shirt. Oh, yes. I was going to mention definitely that, um, yes, I got this just a couple weeks ago, I think. When he, I can't remember how long he was, uh, he had these shirts, but I saw it and I was like, I have to have one of these. (laughs) So I have one and my sister has one and they're kind of corny. I like, Sean's face is kind of, um, what do you call it, Uh, airbrushed? Like really pretty hardcore. <laughs> yeah he, he kinda looks like he's was- from
1: a boy band.
0: He does. It's like yeah. the spikes, like the frosted it almost looks like they're frosted in this shirt.
1: <laughs> which is
0: hilarious. <laughs> um, it's very like in sync or backstreet boys. So <laughs> But it's pretty awesome and it's really comfy, so I've been joking. I wear as a pajama shirt, so I've been joking that, like, I'm sleeping with Mike Barnes. (laughs) So it's been pretty fun. I think my boyfriend thinks it's pretty weird, but, but yeah, I got excited when he was selling those, um, the posters, so I bought one of, you saw, yeah, because you did too. Yeah, I love that he's doing that and recording the videos. He's just really sweet. He really is. Yeah. He's I um, can't
1: wait so my autograph arrives.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm just so excited. Do you have one from him already? I
1: ordered one like Thursday night It was the one where he's smiling.
0: Yes. Mickey. Which I yeah. feel like we don't see a ton of. Well, I, I guess he's got some know. evil smiles. I... Is that yeah, one like count as a real smile? It doesn't. Yeah,
1: exactly. And he's got a beautiful smile. He does. Yeah, have you seen any of his soap opera stuff? I'm a General Hospital fan. Okay. I was very upset when AJ got killed off for a second time, the final time.
0: <laughs> that's uh, that's one thing I haven't ever gotten into his soap opera, but I kind of do, especially after I watched um, his um, Studio City show. Have you seen any of that? You know, yeah, I
1: haven't.
0: It's super fun because it's it's interesting because it's like there's stuff that happens in there that's very soap opera. Like, um, actually, it's funny because we're talking about in uh, this story, which we'll be talking about, which I printed off. I wanted to show yep. you, which you've seen a little bit, and then I printed off the tales of Never New. Um, but uh, similarly, in Studio City. Sean Kane's character finds out he has a daughter and then there's all this other stuff like his father has cancer and um I can't remember what else. I think he's getting cheated on so like all these dramatic kind of soap opera things happen mm-hmm. but it's actually really done in a more realistic way somehow and it's really it's really cool how they do it I don't know how to describe it but like it's like sort of the subject of a soap opera but it's not It doesn't feel like a soap opera in other ways.
1: I really need to check it out, but I'm caught up in so many shows right now.
0: Yeah, that's the problem with all this streaming. Mm hmm. There's too many choices. What shirt do you have on? I can see the top and it says Cobra Kai. It's my uh, Cobra Kai sweeping leg since '84. That's awesome. The only shirt that has Jimmy on it. We'll talk about that, too, how Jimmy gets forgotten, which yes. is a problem. <laughs> yes, it very much is. So, cool. Well, just quickly, um, this is Invisible Observer 13 that I'm talking to. Um, can I also say Dream Beyond the Fantasy? Sure. Is, uh, as you are on Tumblr. Um, so, yeah, we met, obviously, through Cobra Kai and mm-hmm. kind of the... Quiver Discord group. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess just where I usually start is just, like, your early fanfiction memories, or have you always been interested in writing? You know, when did you first, like, start writing that you remember?
1: I'm actually really new to the whole writing thing.
0: Yeah, so you were a lurker for a while, a reader? Oh, yes. I'm... <laughs> Years
1: of lurking. I mean, I've been a fan of a lot of things, and when we actually got a computer hooked up to the internet, I would go and try and find information on like the shows I liked. And I remember some of the earlier things that I was looking for were Power Rangers, uh, Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. Tintimuyo, Pokemon. Mm, Star Wars. Yep. I think that might be the main things. Also Charmed.
0: Yeah. Were you like me? Did you just have network TV as a kid, or did you guys have cable? Um, we had
1: cable. Okay. And maybe when I was, I don't know, preteen, we went to Satellite, which we still have. Yeah. But there was a time when I only had antenna over the air stuff and now we have streaming things going on so I have a variety of places to watch now so
0: yeah you have access to everything
1: Uh, not as much as I'd like
0: but yeah (laughs) because I remember because we just had a basic antenna and I do I watched Power Rangers there's maybe a couple Sailor Moon I remember was on but I didn't watch it for some reason Pokemon, I watched a lot of. So, a few of the. And Star Wars, of course. Were you And you you were into the Jedi Apprentice books too, is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have all but one. Yeah, at my parents' house, we've got the whole stat. I think we have all of them.
1: I can even tell you which number I don't have. Number 16.
0: 16. Okay, if I ever find one laying around the bookstore, I'll grab it up for you and send it your way. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, so you were lurking kind of in those fandoms for a while. Mm hmm. What's the first, do you remember, like, writing, whether that was fan fiction or not? Like, in school, did you, was, like, English class your favorite class, or what was your interest in writing?
1: I honestly don't really remember. I mean, the only thing that I can really think of, which wasn't, like, an essay or something off the top of my head, was maybe when we were reading Johnny Tremaine in middle school. I feel like it was seventh or eighth grade and we had these little uh people that we had to color and give them a story like you are immigrating from england to the colonies and you have to come up with backstories for these characters and that's the first thing i can think of but i don't even remember what kind of backstory i gave my character
0: that's a cool exercise, because that's exactly what... Well, I guess all fiction writing is like that, but I feel like, especially in fan fiction, because you have this outline, like, you know who Johnny is, but then mm-hmm. you can fill him in however you want. And, and yeah, and with original characters, which we'll talk about. It's like a chance to kind of play around in the sandbox and just have fun. That's what I like about it. Yeah. So is Cobra Kai your first fandom that you're writing in, then? Yes, actually. This
1: is okay. Never knew is actually my fourth attempt at a story, but the first. Well, okay, okay, maybe fifth attempt at a story. Okay, but the second one I actually published because my very first thing was a Russo prompt that I got kind of talked into. Ah. Eh, but I was expanding on a prompt that someone else gave. Yeah. And I was struggling with it because I don't really ship them. I mean, I ship them through your and everybody else's work. Yeah. But it's not my ship, you know? Totally. And there's also the whole dynamics of the specific universe of that prompt, which was actually the whole Alpha, Beta, Omega. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I actually contacted a writer who does strictly ABO stuff to see if I could get some advice on how to write it. Yeah. I mean, it helped, but I just kind of strictly backburnered that whole thing. Yeah. Because I had something else kind of on the brim that worked better for me.
0: Yeah, kind of simmering back there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard when it's not your... It's like fun to do prompts, but if you're, if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. And if it's, if you're not invested, it just takes so much work to actually sit down and write something. So if you're not all the way there, it's just, it just, yeah. it becomes more work than it is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was the thing that was simmering in the back of your head?
1: That, which I would actually like to get back to at some point if I can, especially since there's been some. I've been talking with some of the girls on Twitter mm-hmm, who are new newer to the fandom. And they also shipped Johnny Alley. Yeah. And it, it was actually an alternate take on why they broke up. This is strictly only using material that we had in season one, of course. So th- we had no birthday party issue.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that does kind of suck in fan fiction when you're, especially with a TV show or a book series. Mm-hmm. It's like you're working off the canon that you know, and then um, a second season or a second book comes out and like totally destroys
1: <laughs> right.
0: the possibility of what you're doing. That's is that are those girls on Twitter? Is that like um, Kira Bay and Mira? And uh, yes, yeah, those guys are hilarious. I love
1: going online and reading their stuff like as soon as I wake up in the morning. Yeah, And then when I'm back from work, I'll check in on Twitter to see what's happening over there.
0: Yeah, those girls are night owls, it seems like. Like, I see, like, Kieran's up. I know she writes, I'm pretty sure, kind of, like, late at night or early in the morning. Um, So there's, like, always stuff to Uh see when you log on (laughs) at, like, a normal hour. So the the Johnny Alley thing's not posted at all, is that? No. It is
1: a few half-written scenes. A lot of notes, some ideas, and one of two writer's notebooks that I have.
0: Yeah, do you do a lot of notes by hand, or do you type a lot? Well, I started out
1: mostly writing them in a notebook, but then I went to typing up notes in Google Docs. Yep, that's what I do. Yeah, I've got like two or three things for Never Knew. Two or, well, maybe two to three things for is this love? And then I have something that is just note, just in case I ever get around to writing for a different fandom. But I don't even know if I can call it a fandom because it's kind of a dead fandom. So.
0: Oh, yeah. I get, I've done that before where I sort of think, find something like five, ten years too late and <laughs> no <laughs> one's there. This is even later than that. This is from the 80s. Is right? it? Right. Is
1: it Head of the Class, by chance? Yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That, I was actually kind of getting hooked on Head of the Class when I was working Alley Thick, and I had, like, two ideas that were Alan-centric, and it was just getting to me. It's like, nope, 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 not until after I get so much written for this, and then I got a new idea, that bernard the Johnny Alley Thick, and what? came out of it was, is this love? And I'm still getting a little bit of head of the class ideas and like, nope, Jimmy comes (laughs) first,
0: Alan can come later. That's awesome. Yeah. Did did you watch head of the class before you had seen Karate Kid? Or what was the first time you saw um, Tony O'Dell in a performance?
1: Well, obviously, I've seen the Karate Kid, I don't know how many times as a child, but Back then, it was always about Daniel and Mr. Miyagi. Oh, yeah. But sure, you noticed that Johnny and his friends were cute, but they weren't the reason you were watching the movie. Totally. But then Cobra Kai just kind of came a little out of nowhere with that article in 2017. And I'm like, okay, this sounds cool. I definitely want to watch this, even though YouTube is a weird place for that. But hey. And... Then they had The Karate Kid playing on Amazon Prime, like, for months for free. Yeah. And I was constantly watching that on a loop, like, three to five times a day. Yeah. And I wasn't just, like, watching it, and I was, like, pausing and going back so I could catch all the little cobra things. Yeah. Like, uh, when you're listening to Lucille and Daniel's conversation in the restaurant. The cobras are back <laughs> in the background and I'm watching them and not Daniel and his mom. And it's like there's so many things that you pick up on when you watch like this. And then let's see, that was probably what, March, April Yeah, March and April when I was continuously watching the Karate Kid. And I was looking into other things that the cast weren't and I was particularly intrigued by Tony O'Dell because the poor guy gets so few lines in the movie. And even on screen,
0: he's like in the bag. Like, oh, yeah. in people. It's like. <sighs> I know. Do you know how do you know how many lines he has? Is it two? I feel like there's one where you can hear him maybe, but you can't see him. Uh, three. Um,
1: the first one is, hey, man. I thought they broke up. Uh, okay. When they're up on the
0: motorcycles. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. And then the second one, actually, which is one that I confirm, where he actually speaks on screen and you can tell, you can actually hear his voice, is when they're chanting No Mercy when, when uh, Daniel and Johnny are, are about to fight. Yeah. Nice. Did you confirm that with Tony? Oh, no. I paused in a YouTube clip of that. The whole beach scene. Nice. And was like, this is proof that he has online or on-screen lines. Yes. You cannot say he does not speak. (laughs) And the third line was actually, um, I don't know if you follow her or not, but Ace Degenerate, a.k.a. Get Him a Body Bag on Tumblr. I think
0: I do. I'll make sure, but I know I've heard that used for.
1: She had actually met Tony and Sensei Ron at a convention. And she actually recognized him, which made him really happy. And they got to talking about that, and he told her that he has a line in the Halloween fight, which, eh, uh, I was just watching it yesterday. I'm to remember, uh, too. How about, a, how about a front kick, Johnny? I think that's what it was.
0: Yep. Yeah, because yeah, I bet in that one, he's prob- you're probably seeing the back of his head or something like that.
1: Actually, I think he might be slightly off camera. It, it's so hard to keep track of who's who in the skeleton suits, especially when there's so much action going on.
0: Hmm. Yeah, because I, re- I remember when you, I think it was on Instagram or Facebook, maybe it was Twitter, but somehow you had tagged Tony O'Dell or Ron... One of the two of them, and because they had posted a picture, maybe after Rob died, I'm not sure, they posted a picture of them all in the skeleton costumes, and I think you said, can you confirm who is who? And either um, Tony or Ron came back.
1: That was Tony.
0: Okay. Uh. Yeah. Wait. And maybe if I can find that one, I'll post that in the show notes, because it is kind of fun to actually know who's who, and then try and pick out and see if you can actually tell. It was actually in a, a behind-the-scene pic, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: trying to go to
0: that messenger. That's right, because I think I'd wanted to post that on Tumblr, and I was like, you know who would know this? <laughs> I know who to message. <laughs> so I think I'd ask. Actually, it
1: might have been on Instagram. Because, unless I'm not going to. Ah, Notes Facebook. Yeah. That was actually on Halloween
0: when he posted that in his stories. Okay, cool, cool. Nice. Yeah, that was fun to get that confirmed and, like, squint at and see if it's like, oh, yeah, that is Ron, or that is Rob. <laughs> I feel like the only one you could definitely tell was um, Billy, and then I think Chad. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: because Chad, I mean, it was so obvious. I mean, because I
0: think he had the hood off
1: in that picture.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. He's got that crazy hair. Yeah,
1: that full of peroxide yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I remember before I knew that Steve McQueen had a son but before I got into Cobra Kai and Karate Kid I don't think I had known that Chad McQueen was in that movie I don't remember how I found that out but I just assumed that actor was a blonde which I don't know why I did because it's so ridiculous looking
1: <laughs> it really is yeah and if you've seen him in any other uh movies I managed to find like one worth watching I think and it's so obvious that he has dark hair.
0: He looks good in dark hair. <laughs>
1: he really does.
0: Yeah he's he's awesome. I enjoy I follow his um, McQueen Racing on Instagram and I think it's his daughter probably that does most of the posting but she'll post videos of him driving uh-huh. and it's pretty cool. Um, Let's see what were we were talking about. You were discovering the show and re-watching Karate Kid were you immediately sucked into the show when you saw it? Well I was actually like researching what he was in so
1: I could figure out where I could watch it. And I noticed that I realized that head of the class was on Antenna TV, one of those over-the-air stations. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to watch this. Let me check when it's on. Which, at that time, was like 2 and 2.30 weekday afternoons. And they also did like 3 and 3.30 on weekends. And then some t- several months later, they changed the times to where it was like 3, 3.30 in the morning. Oh my gosh. I actually adjusted my sleep schedule just so I could watch. So, <laughs> yeah. You're a true fan. The first one I ever watched, like, got up to watch, was the one where they put on the Grease musical and he's the teen angel and... See, I had actually stayed up all night. I actually got my time was a little wrong. I thought it was like 2.30, but it was 3.30. So I was going close to 24 hours of being up. Oh, my gosh. And this is like Saturday morning. So I'm like barely even awake. And then he's singing. And he's like Oh, my God, he can sing. <laughs> I like literally sat up in bed. I, I just...
0: Oh my god! That's odd. I'll, I'll have to look that up. The other just weird Tony O'Dell thing I remember seeing was some kind of like circus type show. Um, that
1: would be Circus
0: of the Stars, which was like in
1: 1985. Okay. On and apparently he's the one that actually
0: posted that clip to YouTube. Okay, that's awesome. I know. So he pr- he probably had a t uh, like a VHS tape sitting around his house and <laughs> somehow digitized <laughs> it, <laughs> gifted it to the world. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, I didn't know that he could sing because I've seen um a couple of um clips of Ralph Macchio on um how to succeed in business. Um, so I've se- <laughs> and there's there was like a FIFA movie that he sang in or something. But that's awesome about Tony. I'm gonna have to look that up and. Another thing you should check out, I don't know if it's actually him singing,
1: but it's one of those episodes I could watch on a loop. Yeah. Okay, Otherworld. It's only eight episodes long. The two with the most Tony content are the the second or third episode, and then maybe five or six. I can't remember which numbers they are, because it's been months since I watched them. But their titles are The Zone Troopers Build Men and rock and roll suicide rock and roll suicide is one where his character trace and his sister like create a band it's originally for a high school talent show kind of thing but then and they start off like singing like beatles songs because they're in a whole other dimension so nobody knows who the Beatles are. So they can get away with using this.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Okay, yep.
1: Yeah. And then they become singing sensations. <laughs> so you have the whole perils of fame kind of storyline going on there. But just watching him play the guitar and sing, it's like, I could not stop
0: watching that for days. <laughs> the, I bet his <laughs> hair was pretty great, too. Tony O'Dell in the day.
1: Yes, the hair.
0: <laughs> that's and so what was that show called again other world okay i will definitely find that and put it in the show notes i love that the title of that episode is rock and roll suicide that's the like the most badass name okay so yeah so you were check you watched karate kid over and over and then you were intrigued by jimmy in the show in the movie and then you were kind of checking out this like tony o'dell content and mm-hmm. then and then you got into, I guess, the first season of the show. Well, yeah. I was watching from day one. Do you remember... Were you hoping to see or expecting to see the OG Cobras in that first season or or any season? I didn't expect to see them in the first season.
1: Yeah. But I was really hoping that they would come in somewhere in the show late. And I actually messaged Tony back in 2018. And I actually said that to him, that I really hoped that he would be a part of the show. Yeah. And obviously, when we got him in season two, I was just so overjoyed. And as soon as we saw him in Take a ride, right, I actually
0: screamed out loud at 4.51 in the morning. <laughs> Did you have any idea that that was coming? I don't remember if there was any hint. I don't think there were any hints of it at all. There were. I mean, actually, the only... Sp- Spoiler that I got for
1: season two actually ended up being the very end shot. Oh
0: yeah, I think. Well,
1: not the very end, but near the end. It was the alley accepted your friend request gotcha. that I got for me.
0: Yeah, that OG Cobra episode was awesome. And then when you were sort of thinking about writing, or never knew was maybe starting in your head. Um, was that before you saw that episode or after?
1: Well, actually, I was... Okay, because I had Tony kind of stuck in my head mm-hmm. by watching Head of the Class and Other World and Shopping Mall, Evils of the Night, and then a few little episodes that he was in scattered here and there. Yeah. And there was also the... See, I was trying to ride him into the Johnny Alley fic, but I had so very little to go on. Yeah. And... All I wanted to do was kind of give him a perspective, a voice, and not just kind of have him be like written into the background or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And when I actually messaged Tony, well, first of all, it was only like a a kind of thank you for being a part of the Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. Which led me to find this awesome fandom. Yep. And thank you for how thank you for that, however indirectly. And I became a fan of yours, watching you and all these things. I don't expect you to reply or even read this. And then he actually replied like a few days
0: later, which
1: completely freaked me out, by the way. (laughs) I mean, I legit had an anxiety attack over it.
0: Yeah, it's hard to picture them as real people sometimes. But once I
1: had one of my uh,
0: Quiver friends, who's no
1: longer part of the fandom, she had actually calmed me down enough to where I could read the message. Yeah. So that took 20 minutes to. <laughs> yeah. I composed a reply and then uh thanked him for replying and then I actually asked him what thoughts he had on his character like cuz he did there's not much to go on as I said. Right. And sometimes like an actor knows their character best. Yeah, totally. And I was going to see If he could provide any anything to go on, and I had a hope spot like where he was like, "I'll respond in a day or two. I'm going out to dinner or something like that," and then he never got back to me. So, (laughs) yeah, I guess he got busy with life. Or, but hey, it was okay. I actually even said that he didn't have to reply in the first place. So, totally that got me stuck. And a whole Jimmy, who is this character? Like, then I came up with some head and stuff, and then I kind of just kind of backburnered Johnny Alley story. Yep, and this is basically how Is This Love was born. Okay, cool. And during a very slow period at work one day, I was kind of daydreaming, and then I just kind of had this idea which became, like, the bare bones of that story. And I shared this information on Tumblr, and that sweet bobby face... Ah, Rin. Yeah. She's like, thick it or it didn't happen. <laughs> what are you... I can't write. What are you... Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. And then I started to write. And I had that first chapter complete... Well, first draft. Which was 13 pages by Thanksgiving, 2018. Yep. And then it kind of went on from there. Well, I say first chapter. It wasn't meant to be the first chapter because I didn't know how to start the story. And now I'm writing it sort of in like sort of flashbacks right in the middle, which I haven't posted yet.
0: Do you think, because you've got about 20,000 words on Never Knew, do you think that has helped you, I guess, as a writer or helped you on Is This Love? Because you started that one first, then it seems like you got onto this story and wrote a lot of this story.
1: Well, Is This Love, I was kind of stuck on. And then season two hit, and we found out a little bit more about Jimmy, and I was a little bit disappointed that he only has sons. Yeah. Like, the whole, in a way, I get the whole father-son story with Cobra Kai, but it's also disappointing as a woman because you, we need that representation. Totally. I mean, not just, like, Sam and Aisha and Tori, but you need to have more. And mm-hmm. I had also written, I already had some ideas on where Isis Love was going, and I kind of took a little bit of that. And used it in Never knew. Nice. Plus an unused story idea I had, which was season one AU where Jimmy comes back to the Valley, divorced with the teenage daughter who joins Cobra Kai. That was an idea I had, but never came to anything. Yeah. And then. I just kind of had some other soapy like ideas come and the whole father-daughter relationship is such an interesting one. And that's how never New kinda of came out.
0: Yeah. And it's just to clarify for people who haven't read, um, Is This Love Takes Place when Jimmy's uh a teenager in kind of the Karate Kid era? Uh right? Or is it after it I guess it's after Karate Kid.
1: Yeah, it's after but there will be some flashbacks
0: to that period. Yeah, think, but he's from- kind of like a young adult, like late teens, 20s, definitely in his 20s when we Okay. That. Okay, that's right. I guess the the female original character you have in there, Julie, mm-hmm. she's younger. Yes, she is a teenager. Okay, that's right.
1: She is 18, soon to be graduating. Or yep. actually no, has graduated in college. Sorry, thinking about other parts of the story. It's so yeah, hard to keep track of it sometimes.
0: I oh, it is it's when you've got multiple things going. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then it never knew Jimmy is an adult. He is where we see him actually the night of where we where we leave off at the end of Take a Right. So he's an adult and he's married, and it's interesting because. In that kind of promo video that I made leading up to this interview, it was just kind of like for a joke, but I was uh, essentially talking to my um, little Johnny and Daniel dolls, but I had mentioned that, um, oh, Jimmy's the only Karate Kid character. The rest are original characters, which isn't quite true. Um, we we do... It, the story does start off, um, I think, in a really interesting way, where it's right after Tommy has died. And it's like, Tommy is very... Present, especially in that first scene, in the first chapter. So, t- so Tommy's really there in spirit, but also Jenny. Technically, she's a canon character. Yes, yes, but we just don't get anything of her. And as you mentioned, we know from canon that Jimmy has only sons. We actually don't know how many, but he. I think he says, "Say hello," or, from Jenny and the boys, or or no, Tommy says, "Say hello to Jenny yeah, and the boys."
1: Tommy says, "The boys."
0: And he says
1: the kids, so.
0: Okay, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so I love that you've made in this world that even though in Cobra Kai, Johnny, it seems like hasn't seen these guys in a while, it seems like at least Tommy and uh, Jimmy are maybe in particular close or they're at least in contact with each other's families. Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought that in to the story. Did you kind of – I don't know. Yeah, what was that? Uh, was it important to you, to, I guess, to to bring Tommy into that, into the story? Like, I what I like about that first scene is that you really, you meet Jimmy right as he's mourning Tommy. And then you kind of get introduced to all of his, his entire family. You kind of introduce on that first page through their relationship with like Uncle Tommy. So I thought that was really cool.
1: Well, I wanted to make sure that The rest of the Cobra, well, the three that we saw in the show, were still really connected, even if they hadn't seen Johnny for a while. Yeah. These three still get together, and that they're very much in each other's lives. Like, with Tommy being the godfather to one of Jimmy's kids, and how I mentioned that Bobby has tried to talk to the youngest son trying to help him understand death and dying so they can prepare him for when Tommy does die. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. I love, I love all of that. It's a really great look at this sort of this whole family that um, I think is refreshing because it's a family that really does work and everybody seems to really love each other. Like in fiction, dysfunctional families are interesting, but the interesting part of this is that it starts off as a really functional family So I like that there because you I mean, my parents are like, still married, they're still very much in love. So that's like familiar to me. And I like that kind of Jimmy does have this life that is a good life. And, you know, everything works well in it, kind of up to this point. Um, But yeah, I love that. I love that Tommy and Bobby are there because I thought it was a little unbelievable in the show that like Johnny, it seems like. I don't I guess they don't say but it it feels like he hasn't seen these guys in like a decade or so. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but it definitely feels like a reunion for Johnny. So I like the idea that these guys in your world are like seeing each other all the time and in each other's lives. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, so Jimmy has this life. And it's great. He has a wife that he loves and Four kids. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, like, how you came up with the four kids? Well, we know that there's multiple. They're all boys. And I just kind of
1: wanted a nice even number. Yes. And, but I needed the other main character to be, like, stuck in the middle of these boys. Oh, I love that. I didn't notice that. Because, okay, I made the oldest two twins fraternal, Josh Mm -hmm. Jordan and they're different in personality but each other's best friends. Yeah. And then there's there's 17, then there is Jesse who's 12, total
0: troublemaker.
1: My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he he does feature pretty heavily in these first 3 chapters.
0: Yes, he does.
1: <laughs> he was fun to write. And
0: yeah, he was definitely
1: the closest one to Tommy.
0: Yes, both troublemakers in my head canon. Yes. You don't get too much of Tommy. But he, I mean, all the Cobras got into their trouble in their teenage years, but Tommy has a real like playfulness about mm-hmm. his personality that I think Rob Garrison just puts a lot of that into that performance. So that makes sense to me that he would be really close with Jesse James. James is <laughs> his middle name. So, and I love that little nod to the uh, the outlaw.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going for there. And then there's little Jaden, eight years old. He's usually a chatterbox, but then, of course, finding out that Uncle Tommy died, not really talking. It doesn't handle it well. But he's very innocent and haven't really gotten much into him yet. So,
0: Yeah. Kids at age two, like, I mean, they don't have a ton of emotional depths, though. They're more, I mean, they're really cute and sweet. (laughs) But um, yeah, I like that. I guess our two main characters are Jimmy and then Alyssa. And I love Alyssa. She's a character that you made up. As you said, she's this daughter in between these four boys. And um, we actually don't know about her until I think like the third scene, which works really well. And we won't like, I'll try and like not spoil you know, a lot of details, but we'll kind of go through vaguely like the plot just so we can talk about some stuff that happens. Um, But yeah, so Jimmy's kind of back from Tommy's uh, death or um, just a few hours after he dies. And then he you kind of meet his family, but it's like early in the morning. So you get to meet Jenny and they talk and then he goes to bed. And then I love how it's introduced. He's like (laughs) totally woken up with this phone call And then he realizes, uh uh-oh, he's forgotten (laughs) Uh something kind of important. Yeah, very. I thought it was really great to start out this way with Jimmy. Not only does the reader not know about Alyssa yet, but Jimmy is forgotten. So it it kind of works well in that way. I don't know that you kind of discover Alyssa sort of as Jimmy's kind of remembering this thing he forgot (laughs) to do. And he's forgotten because obviously he's in – He's had a really uh, traumatic 24 hours with Tommy. And we realized that he's forgotten to pick up his daughter. And actually, I like how you do it because you don't, you don't, like, take, you know, a few paragraphs and, like, explain exactly who Alyssa is and why she's coming in on a plane and, like, her whole back history. That's kind of filled in slowly throughout the story, which I really like. I think it's much more interesting that way. So all you have is this great um, – let me see if I can find that, like, the first – scene i think she says let's see cuz he gets a call from delta airlines and then he says and, and jimmy goes oh shit and he remembers and then he says can you put her on the phone and she says where the hell are you <laughs> that's like the perfect first line for these two characters because jimmy's really tries his best um to uh to be a father to this daughter that he didn't know he had and we'll, and we find out why Um, But it just starts out on really a terrible start. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that you wanted to, I guess, um, kind of start out with Jimmy kind of messing up like that um, versus him just like picking her up at the airport would have been a more typical way to start this story?
1: I definitely wanted there to be some conflict in the beginning, like when you meet them or when you meet her and see them together. I didn't to start off with their first meeting cuz that's so typical. I I wanted to save that for something else.
0: Yeah, it's way more interesting and as a reader you're kind of like you're trying to figure out who this is and why why Jimmy's clearly meeting this girl that I think it's pretty early on you realize that it's his daughter. Even the, I think the Delta employee maybe says, yeah, You are listed as the father of the unaccompanied minor, Alyssa Morgan. So you know right off the bat that he's her father, but you don't know, like, why or what's going on. And, yeah, it's just really interesting that way that you kind of have to, like, be gathering up these details as they're sort of dropped throughout the story. I like that. And I like that you can tell pretty quickly that Jimmy is a good dad, but he's a good dad to sons. And not only is this an awkward situation, but it's a daughter which is new <laughs> so yeah it gives the characters some room to grow and learn that parenting a daughter is different than parenting a son we find out that jimmy hasn't cheated on jenny this was kind of um you have you have this backstory with jimmy and jenny and they have had to go to a fertility clinic cuz they knew they wanted a big family and they were having trouble so it kind of involves an accident at the fertility clinic and you, I guess you find that out in the second chapter. But um, so the the first chapter is really just all Jimmy and Alyssa trying to have this first encounter together and <laughs> get home in one piece without killing each other. And because <laughs> Alyssa's pretty pissed off, I like that she's she's clearly stressed out. Anybody would be, but she's still snappy enough back at Jimmy, where like he's trying to get her some food, and it's like three in the morning. And she's hungry and he keeps kind of like putting his foot in his mouth and she kinda of calls him out. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Did you know you kinda of wanted her to be I mean, I consider her sassy. Do you would you consider her like a sassy character? Uh yes. But there's this whole side that you don't
1: know about her yet. And part of all that is like anger at the whole situation and then trying to protect herself. Yeah. And
0: I don't want to get too detailed yet. So. Yeah, like I said, you kind of sprinkle in the details of like what happened, why uh Alyssa is here, who her guardian was before that, uh and what happened and you there is a mention that she does have a mother who but you get the impression pretty quick that Alyssa doesn't really know her mom well. Um, she does mention an uncle Matt, so we know that he was in her life. Um, but yeah, as far as the the chapters you've posted, we don't have too many details. There is some kind of drabbles and snippets you've posted. Tales of Never Knew. Yes. Which is almost like a deleted scenes reel. Right. And actually I and I actually hadn't I don't remember if I'd really delved into that. I don't think I had oh, before this have. interview. Yeah, because I certainly didn't leave a comment. So I will leave you a comment uh after this, but um but that was really – there's there's definitely some more filler sort of – not filler, just detail mm-hmm. that we don't get from the main story. The story works great as it is, but it is kind of fun if you enjoy Never Knew to get those extra, like, deleted scenes. And I'm sure some of that's going to come into play Yes, in later chapters. That's awesome. Um, let's see. So, yeah, that, so that first chapter is kind of like the first night and um, – Yeah, there's just some like back and forth dialogue with Alyssa being pretty upset at things and Jimmy trying to do his best. um, And he's not failing totally, but he's just not, he's he's just kind of out of his uh, comfort zone and um, trying to make her feel welcome. You can tell. And he says that he wants to get to know her more than anything and um, that she's going to be living with him for the foreseeable future anyway. And he says to her that he loved her as soon as he saw a picture of her, and he found out it's been about a month. I think it says that he yeah. even knew yep. about her, yeah, so it's an awkward situation anyway, but he's uh trying hard and doing his best, and I like the breakfast scene at Denny's too, yeah. just like they get the, i think they get her um tea wrong, like it's mm-hmm. just been a terrible day anyway for a li- it's been a long day traveling, and she's hungry, and then they like bring her order kind of messed up. <laughs> And you're like, (laughs) oh, but they have a good talk at that breakfast scene. And I feel there was something I wanted to ask about. See, it's about I think they get their eggs and.
1: Uh, Yes, I know what you're talking about there.
0: Yeah. Was that was that on purpose? Like so she gets they they screw up her tea and then she gets her pancakes, which she's loving. But then there's a there's like a remark where she notices that her eggs are undercooked. And then she looks over at Jimmy, and he ordered his eggs over easy. Was that, like, on purpose, or is there something to that that I was picking up on?
1: Yes. Um, okay. Okay. That's the nature part, like, how they eat the same. Yes. Yeah. I did want to do that, and that kind of freaked her out a bit. And then he looks up, and she's like, no, I'm not that <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a whole – I think that's like a whole theme or a place that this story will explore is this nature versus nurture because the kid – Jimmy's kids even remark when they meet that they don't see that she looks much like him and um, I don't know how much – it's just hard to tell personality-wise because she's so stressed out. We don't really know like Alyssa's hobbies or her, or her kind of neutral personality when she's not in this extreme situation – But, um, you know, the whole question of, like, Jimmy didn't even know about her a month ago. Why does he want to be her father? Why does he want to get to know her? And Jimmy's answer to all those is that I just do. I love you, and you're my daughter. So it's this whole, like, blood is thicker than water thing and kind of the power of being connected to somebody through genes. And um, I don't know. I just think that's an interesting place to explore, so... Yeah, I liked I liked that little – I was thinking that. I was like, she's doing something with the breakfast food. <laughs> I think – and he – she kind of talks back to him, and he has a couple moments where he does kind of lay down the law a little bit and listen, and I think she says something um, derogatory about her mother. Um, oh, I think she says, you didn't even fuck yeah. her. <laughs> I can bleep that out. But he – Jimmy does not appreciate that, so he kind of – So you can tell he's a good dad and he's kind of trying to fill out like, you know, can you discipline this girl that you've only known for an hour or so and you do that and she kind of is pushing. I feel like she's kind of testing whether she knows it or not. She's kind of testing his limits or his, you know, boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that whole breakfast scene is great. I love reading that. Um, And it's just there's a really poignant moment at the end where he's, um, let's see, I'll just read this real fast. Let's see. So this is... This is actually, they leave the restaurant and um, they actually get home and she falls asleep in the car. And I just, this is a really sweet moment, so I'm just going to read it real fast. So he's coming in, he's dragging her luggage in and he says, um, he strides over to the couch only to find her curled up fast asleep, clutching one of the throw pillows close to her as a young child would a doll or a stuffed animal. Jimmy smiles. She looks so adorable and peaceful. The smile turns sad. He wonders if he is glimpsing the little girl that she used to be, the little girl that he never had the chance to know. Just the thought of what he missed out on causes a tightening in his chest. Not wanting to wake her by potentially breaking down crying, Jimmy decides it would be best to leave her. So it's just a really sweet kind of moment where not only is he grieving Tommy, but he's grieving this, like, missed opportunity to be her father, which is sad. (laughs) (laughs) It's very sweet. Um... Yeah, and there's a sweet little scene where he tucks her in with a blanket, Um, which is great structure-wise and form-wise because it ends at this quiet moment and then it cuts to, (laughs) Mom! Dad! (laughs) It was immediate, all caps, yelling, (laughs) children yelling, immediate chaos in the house. And this is, like, one of my favorite scenes. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Yeah, did you have this... So this is a scene where... um, young Jesse uh, wakes up to find an intruder in his house. Um, obviously it's Alyssa and things don't go well for either of them. Um, is this a scene that you remember um, you had in mind for a while or did that come out kind of on the page?
1: Actually, I think that it kind of happened while I was writing because I really wanted to kick in some, both some comedy and some action in here. It's yes. And, it ended up going really well, I felt.
0: Yeah. And it's like, uh, it kind of starts to, I feel like, establish the tone of the the story so far, which is similar to me to Cobra Kai, where it's got these like poignant moments and it's and sort of angsty or sort of getting in a deeper emotion. And then it's got these great kind of comedic moments. And uh, Jesse is part of a lot of those comedic <laughs> moments. So yeah, so Jesse wakes up, he finds this intruder and takes it upon himself to defend his house from this um home invader. <laughs> and poor poor Alyssa, she wakes up to this like screaming and she falls off the couch, bumps her head. She's trying to pull herself together and patch herself up because she's bleeding a little bit. And and like Jesse's coming in with like a knife in the kitchen and there's this whole kerfuffle in the kitchen um which you feel bad for Alyssa, but it's also like really funny to picture this like 12 year old boy like brandishing a kitchen knife so it's hilarious do you remember did that scene was that did that scene write pretty fast or was that like one of those where you have to like do a bunch of drafts and edit it a lot that
1: one just kind of flew right out of my
0: fingertips it i mean i was working on that one like
1: at night before i would go to bed and then i would get right back to it of the morning before i To work.
0: Yeah. Is there a certain time of day that you like to write or that you feel like works best for you? Uh,
1: usually after work, after I've had a little something to eat, I'll just kind of put the TV on and I'll write usually until I go to bed. And on weekends, I'll usually work on writing all day, basically.
0: Yeah. I like that too when I have a whole weekend because I. I feel like I'm forced during the week to, if I even have the energy, I'll write in the evenings, but I really like kind of starting out of the morning with some coffee and just like putting some music on and writing in the afternoon. So it's, a, it's, uh, a, it's one of those things where jobs get in the way of the, yes. <laughs> the of what so- my sister calls your real job, Sarah, which is a <laughs> fan fiction writer, which I can, yeah, I, I like that having our real jobs. It's like I had, I worked with this guy that used to call your hobbies or your passions. He was like, that's your... That is your vocation, but then your job is like what you have to do for money, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but this scene, it it reads like it came out quick too. It's really fun. It kind of reminded me um, – do you remember in Ferris – you, did you watch the movie Fer- Ferris Bueller? Of course. Of course. I, I feel like it was a little bit of that moment where um, Ferris's younger sister and the principal are both trying mm-hmm. to catch Ferris um, skipping school so that the principal's in the house sneaking around. And his sis- and they both think Ferris is in the house, and then they kind of go, gotcha, and they jump out, and they like both scream. <laughs> I feel like that was a very like Jess, um, Alyssa and Jesse moment here, where they're just kind of like, he at least is looking for a home invader, and he just runs at her screaming with a knife. So I th- I, that just kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. But yeah, that tone of striking between funny and poignant, I feel like is... Um, displayed in the scene because you really feel once the scene is over you're like oh my god this poor girl she already doesn't feel like she belongs and like her first welcomed i think what is this ch- uh, yeah welcome home is this <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i wanted it to yeah that i did that on purpose that title
0: yeah kind of ironic mm-hmm. like not not a very good welcome home actually <laughs> so it's definitely you definitely start to feel that um through this and um it's funny but you're like oh this is just not how she would want her day to go <laughs> um let's see so that whole thing plays out and you kind of meet all the other siblings but Jesse is definitely the one you uh, are interacting with the most um let's see so that that lasts a few pages oh and i do like how when she's her and jesse actually end up like on the floor in this like um not quite a fist fight but they're like scram scrambling around trying to like fight each other and there's a line where it says um just as they make it to the kids Alyssa strikes hard her kick has jesse doubling over holding his stomach wheezing and eyes watering so maybe that's a little bit of like the nature thing too where she's almost inherited a little bit of cobra in her or at least that's how i took it she strikes hard and uh yeah and then there's a kind of a family meeting where we get more details um but it's just a really hard scene for Alyssa because she's just totally overwhelmed i was also going to ask it seems like jimmy and jenny are like very touchy-feely parents was that on purpose because it seems like Alyssa's like It's a little too much for her. Like, they're always trying to put their arm around her or sort of comfort her with touch. And it seems like that's their technique as parents or that's just their personalities. That
1: is their personality.
0: Right. Yeah. And
1: later on, you'll find out that she's been hurt in the past. So she's very closed off emotionally. Yeah, And there are definite reasons for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense because there's definitely some – you can just read into that where – Um, both of them, um, especially there's a, there's a scene, I think in this, uh, maybe that's in the next chapter where Alyssa and Jenny sit down and Jenny's like complimenting her hair and, um, saying like, oh, you can braid it. And she's (laughs) actually, I shouldn't get ahead of myself because that's, that's a whole nother thing. We won't spoil (laughs) that. But this third chapter actually, um, uh, (laughs) Alyssa and Jesse's, uh, truly cement themselves as eternal nemeses (laughs) of each (laughs) other. (laughs) jesse because in this case it's like they don't start out on the right foot but but you kind of can't blame jesse for like he didn't quite know what was going on Jimmy does say he gave his kids a heads up but it's just a surprise for him so it's um in a way he wasn't trying to be purposely mean but in chapter three you definitely get some vindictive behavior from jesse mm-hmm. he is not thrilled to have a new sister <laughs> so i think i like in parentheses on chapter three I think I wrote like um, Alyssa's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, which actually she doesn't really have a great day. Any of these chapters, but that one especially is tough, and it it does pull your heartstrings. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really interested to from here on out reading more about Jesse and Alyssa's dynamic because they are fun, but they're it's like almost like a Johnny Daniel. There's like a rivalry that's immediately born um, out of these two, and they're kind of the two. I guess Alyssa would be right in the middle. But Jesse's definitely, I feel like, behaves like a middle child. He's kind of wants some attention or he's pushing boundaries. He's also 12, which is like all boys at age 12 are just jerks. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I don't know. Was that, did you always envision that Jesse and Alyssa were going to have this kind of difficulty um, as a brother and sister?
1: I think so. I think the ones that she's closest, literally closest in age to, the ones she's literally stuck between, one, the older brother, she is going to gravitate towards. And then there's Jesse. Yeah. And they hate each other. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help that he feels, well, at times they all feel this way. That she's taking their dad away from them. Oh, yeah. Especially him being basically the middle child.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but I didn't as much pick up on it or remember at my first read-through, but this read-through, I was thinking the whole time like, well, we have to remember that Tommy's died and that Jesse was closest to Tommy. So I feel like that might explain some of his behavior because he, you know, all the kids are in, sort of in mourning too. We sort of forget that after that first scene with Tommy. So I was thinking about, I felt a little, I felt a little bad for Jesse after I thought about, that, but not too bad because.
1: <laughs> well, he's usually a little more well-behaved. He's still one of those kids that gets into fights at school. and Yeah. He's one of those, like, if there's a fight going on between any of the kids, he's probably right in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I'm just trying to think. I, yeah, I guess we don't get too much of Josh and Jordan. They seem like responsible kids. And they're, what, like 17-ish 17. or 16? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Do you, are we going to see, I guess, more of their personalities? Or yes, I am working on chapter four, and you will you'll see more of
1: Josh than you will of Jordan, but you'll get some Jordan scenes. And he, like Jesse, is not too thrilled about the sister, but
0: he's not as bad as Jesse is. Exactly. Yeah, and. And you said, sorry, I got them mixed up. I think it's the J thing, which actually I yeah. like that they're all <laughs> natives. So you said Josh is the one she'll be a little closer to? Yes. Okay. Is he the one with the guitar? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Yes. I like that almost like maybe a more like sensitive musician. T- I mean, that's a stereotype, but I don't know. That seems to fit. And then Jordan's more of an athlete. Right. Okay. That's cool.
1: It kind of goes with some of my Jimmy head cannons, Like – Jordan got like the athletic jeans. Yeah. And is like a mini version of his dad in looks with those blue eyes and the brown hair. Yep. And I kind of think, as like younger Jimmy, it was more closet artistic in a way. And watching those other Tony O'Dell things kind of helped with those headcanons. Yeah. So I also, so. Josh is the more musical, closet, nerdy type, I feel like. And he and Alyssa will kind of gravitate towards each other because he's the quietest out of pretty much all the kids. And he's more willing to give her
0: a chance. Yeah, that's interesting you say that about Josh and Jordan kind of uh, fulfilling like these traits from their dad. I feel like maybe the more artistic or quiet side... Just wasn't um, maybe allowed for Jimmy under Crease. I feel like, mm-hmm. at least in my head, you know, Crease wasn't going to let any of his students like be a painter on the side or
1: <laughs> part of the artistic thing for Jimmy. My head canon, Well, actually, it's more probably a hive mind situation.
0: Yeah, because
1: you've probably seen on Tumblr the gift sets of the Halloween dance, like well before the dance when. Daniel notices Allie, but then he notices. Oh, yeah. And the Cobras are decorating. And Jimmy, like, you'd see his head, the collar of his blue shirt, and he's, like, decorating the skull. Like, I don't know if he was painting it or something. That's kind of how the artistic Jimmy headcanon came about, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's fun when you can, like, find stuff in the background that you can pull out that is canon, and then you can just kind of expand on Mm -hmm. it. But then you can point back to the show and be like, look, it's real. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I love that. Um, if the first chapter is Jimmy and Alyssa getting to know each other, the second chapter is Alyssa and the family getting to know each other. Um, so you have that whole family meeting scene. And um, Jimmy has a scary moment where he thinks Alyssa's run away, but she doesn't. And then um, – it kind of closes on a conversation with jimmy and Alyssa in her room um and i did want to mention i thought it was a nice touch it seemed like color symbolism to me that her room is like it's a white beige gray very neutral kind of like to me i wrote down blank slate like she gets to kind of start almost like starting over with this new family and She does not appreciate it, (laughs) first of all. But I don't know. Was that purposeful, making her room like very plain? I guess it is because Jimmy explains that he wanted to help her decorate. Right. Um, Because the room that she's in at the moment is technically the guest
1: room. Yes, she does not appreciate that. (laughs) And he and Jenny are working on a bedroom for her, but it's not there yet. And he wants her to help him decorate something that she likes.
0: Yeah, which is really a way for him and her to probably kind of collaborate and do something together as a father daughter. Mm hmm. Get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Let's see. Oh, I just, I did mark this little paragraph at the end of chapter two that I wanted to read, if that's okay, real quick. Sure. Um,. Yeah, this is just, I've thought some good insight to Alyssa's head at the end of her hard, no good, terrible, very bad day. Uh, which actually, maybe the second day is even worse <laughs> yeah. for her. But anyway, they're talking, and he's explaining um, that he wants to decorate this room with her. And um, it goes, As he talks, some of Alyssa's anger dissipates. But now she feels even worse. She's still angry, but more herself. She's also feeling a lot of other things at that moment. Guilt at making Jimmy worry and jumping to conclusions. Confusion at how she feels about her place in this new family. Whether or not she wants a relationship with Jimmy. And why she cares about certain things. Things like the size of a room or how someone talks about a mother she hardly knows. Not to mention the massive headache that just set in. She closes her eyes, hoping that it helps. It doesn't. (laughs) But I love that line about um wondering why she cares about certain things like the size of a room or how someone talks about a mother she hardly knows. I don't know. It just sounds I don't know why certain sentences I feel like ring out a little bit. I like that sentence. It's a good <laughs> sentence. But yeah, she kind of goes to sleep and then this and chapter 3 is her um even less welcoming day <laughs> where we won't we won't spoil it. I think it's good to keep that part cuz it's just kind of Surprising and fun and terrible. (laughs) Jesse pulls a prank and is not a good prank, but there's some great back-and-forth dialogue and hijinks. And um, I like your description of this third chapter is a sibling cold war. (laughs) Like the start of like, this is not going to be a beautiful friendship between these two. (laughs) But yeah, let's see. So we'll keep... I feel like we should keep that for the reader to read. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just what what happens is um the this mean prank and then of course Alyssa feels very resentful and it's just a lot more there's a nice conversation with Jenny and Alyssa as I mentioned where Jenny's also trying and it's just there's just a lot that I think we don't know and that Jenny doesn't know um oh I'm just gonna I keep reading things but <laughs> this is one in that conversation that I liked where um this uh for reasons we won't say, Alyssa needs some new clothes. And um, this is her entering the bedroom. The master bedroom is huge, decorated in royal blue, charcoal gray, and white with furniture of a rich, dark, polished wood. Everything appears very neat and perfect, making Alyssa feel even more out of place. She notices that there are numerous photos in the walls. A much younger Jimmy and Jenny on their wedding day, their sons at various ages, a happy family of six taken recently. A few of people she doesn't recognize but assumes are Jimmy and Jenny's parents. Something comes over her, a feeling she can't describe. So it's just a nice little look there, I feel like of, it's just emphasizing again that she doesn't feel welcome and that it's this really perfect, pretty family and this really pretty bedroom. Like I think it was important that you describe the bedroom like that. Um, and she's just, you get a sense that, um, her life hasn't been perfect. And so she feels out of place. Um, and this is just a difficult situation for her. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, I feel like as a family, they just look so nice. Uh, the Parker family, we should mention the Parkers are their last name, um, but yeah, I don't know. That was just a nice moment. So good job <laughs> writing that. Did you have any, I guess, thoughts on that scene or with Jenny or just that Jenny keeps trying and and she Alyssa just
1: doesn't know what her motives are and she is just not she doesn't really want a mother
0: figure. Mm, that's and, a
1: good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because we don't know anything about her mom. There is a phone conversation with her mother. We still don't really know the situation. We get the sense that her mother has a job that's demanding. And that's why it seems like Alyssa hasn't lived with her mother. But yeah, that's a good point. Kind of this attitude that like, I didn't have a mother before and I don't need another mother now. Yes. Yeah. But it's really, I think with Jenny, you know, we don't know a ton about her except that she's a kind person. She loves her husband. Um, And she's in that family meeting. We learn that she has struggled to get pregnant and be pregnant and they've struggled to build a family. So I just feel like I really got a sense that Jenny is actually uh, one, excited to have another kid, but two to have a daughter. And there's like a sweet moment where she offers to braid Alyssa's hair. And Alyssa's like, yeah, very much feeling out, Jenny's motivations and kind of, I feel like, common in kids who are maybe been from difficult situations or are going through a difficult situation where she just does not trust Jenny and she's like, mm-hmm. what do you want? She's kind of giving That's her the exactly. eye. Yeah. But it's really sweet because I think as the reader, it's pretty clear that Jenny just wants to help. But, um, yeah, it's just not – it's just a lot too soon, I think, for Alyssa. Um yeah, and then the chapter goes on, and um, there is, not to spoil all the details, but there is a really great, it's almost like the water hose moment from Karate Kid, <laughs> where Alyssa does get a little payback with Jesse. She um, dumps a glass of milk, I think, on his head.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah, and some consequences come from that, but um, it. I guess that, yeah, did that come, you think, from just something natural that... What happen at breakfast or were you thinking of like the Hawk-Dimitri scene where um, Hawk pours the water, or the beer I guess, on Dimitri's head? I actually wasn't trying to
1: compare it to Hawk and Dimitri, but I just kind of she just wasn't having that much. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're at breakfast and um, Jimmy tells Jesse he has to apologize for what he did and he kind of gives this very like half-hearted pseudo-apology. It's not even a real apology. Which they talk about later, which is a great conversation. Um, But yeah, I love that she just it feels good as the reader that she gets a little bit of payback. Like, the past two days have been difficult for her. (laughs) But even though Jimmy feels like he does have to discipline her a little bit for that, um, it felt really nice as a reader. You're like, fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck you, (laughs) Jesse. Not that you should say fuck you to a 12-year-old, but... You felt with Alyssa at that moment, like, it felt really good to pour that milk on his head. You're like, yeah, you don't mean it. This is a little payback, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, and then it's just kind of, yeah, they have to dole out punishments to both kids, but it's difficult. Um, and, yeah, there's some stuff. There's some stuff you find out about Alyssa's past that we're not going to talk about because it is a surprise to the reader. But that explains some of her, actually, and Jimmy's behavior because um, Jimmy's been kind of tiptoeing around some stuff that's been hinted at, um, but yeah, so we we won't go into that. But you do find out a little bit about Alyssa's um, uncle Matt Mateo and her and her mother. Um, yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I don't want to go into that. But um, was it? I will say that it seems that um, Melissa's mother is Hispanic. She uses the words like Mija and. Um, There's a couple of other little endearments. Um, Did you uh, always know that you, I guess, wanted her mother to be uh, at least a Spanish speaker or Hispanic of some kind? Or that Alyssa was a... It kind
1: of developed as I was writing because I really didn't envision her that way. It just kind of happened like midway through. And it just really seemed to work because I needed... I don't know how to explain it.
0: I guess to make her feel
1: even less like part of the family, I guess.
0: Yeah, mm, like a little bit more alienated or in the way that like a foreigner would almost feel alienated a little bit. So I guess I guess we'll learn more about unc- – well, you can learn a little bit about it in Tales of Never New. There is a little drabble with um, Uncle Matt. Um, but I guess I suppose – do you plan on in further chapters? I can't remember if I asked this already like, delving into a little bit with her life with her uncle or her mother. I do. I've cool. actually got
1: an idea, which I haven't started writing on yet, for both Matteo and Michelle. Cool, mother. cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I don't know. It's just intriguing that it seems like, from what she's mentioned of her uncle Matt, that they they were close in some ways and that he was probably raising her, so... Um, I don't know. I'm excited to learn about of uh, that character and that relationship. So, yeah, that's awesome. So you're working on Chapter 4 right now?
1: I am. It It's mostly hung up because of Bobby.
0: Oh, explain.
1: I cannot have a hard time writing Pastor Bobby. It,
0: oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that would be hard because it is kind of. I mean, you see the good in Bobby in the show, in the movie. The movie mm-hmm. Especially, I wish they would have kept that scene where he throws his belt down. Yes. Yeah, because I I think that makes so much sense for Bobby as a character. But um, yeah, I w- I think that would be hard too with Pastor Bobby, just because I'm not. I didn't go to church as a kid, so I don't know church people.
1: Yeah, same here. I mean, I know church people, but and I have kind of went to church, but it it's just not for me and. Trying to write that, it's hard. But I'm going to see Bobby as, like, a non-denominational pastor. Yeah. More open. Definitely. He's like the cool pastor. Right. <laughs> and I'm trying. I have spent so many hours on Sensei Ron's page, like, trying to gather something from all those motivational quotes. Oh, yeah. So I could kind of breathe life into this Bobby and... Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't.
0: Yeah, it's hard to get a voice that's kind of born to you. Like if you're, you know, you're not used to how, I don't know, not that there's a specific way that pastors would talk, but, you know, their whole life is Christianity and God and Jesus. And so if you're not used to talking in that vocabulary, that would be hard. And then there's like, when you watch
1: Take a Right, you see like some shades of Pastor Bobby, but then you also see Bobby like yeah, Cobra, and like putting those together it it, it doesn't always fit like normal. You know what I mean? It's totally just...
0: unique. Yeah, he's like a motorcycle riding, beer drinking, occasionally cursing. Right. It's... Pastor? <laughs> it's just yeah, a, lo- it's... a lot to kind of fit into a picture that makes sense. It's like a, a rock and roll pastor (laughs) (laughs) somehow he i feel like it yeah if you can pull it off and i think you will it does make sense that because bobby does seem to be a deeply moral person but he can also kick ass so but it is sometimes it doesn't like beating people up doesn't seem very christian (laughs) but defending people does right so there's some angles you could go at it probably but that's exciting so we're gonna see bobby in chapter four
1: and a little bit of Johnny. Cool. It's Tommy's funeral, so trying to write that is hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, I was going to ask you uh, if the you were going to do the funeral, because I was trying to figure out, rereading it, I was like, okay, is this just like a day after? Or, but no, it's hours after Tommy dies where we start. So mm-hmm. that does leave room for, yeah, a funeral. That, like, sometime in the next week, probably, so.
1: Yeah, I had to fit in some time with the family before I got into the funeral stuff.
0: Yeah. That'll be
1: great, though. Jimmy's friends meeting this new kid of Jimmy's, which he had just told them about, which will happen in a upcoming tale of Never Knew.
0: Oh, perfect. Cool. So uh, does that happen, like, when they're at the bar or the camping trip? Yes. I'm still trying... decide on
1: if it happens when they're in the bar or when they're camping before and then there's a conversation that jimmy and bobby have that it it's really hard like emotionally hard not hard to write yeah that's mostly written that part
0: cool yeah are the cobras not disponible thing do you think the cobras will give jimmy a little bit of shit like just for the idea that like oh all of a sudden you got this like new daughter or you've like do they, does he explain pretty quick that he did not sleep around on Jenny?
1: Yes, that, that will happen.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I could just picture like Johnny being like, whoa, what are you even doing, Jimmy? But probably just joking though, because I feel like they would know that Jimmy's like totally in love with Jenny and would, it would be inconceivable for him to actually cheat on her. Because he seems like kind of the goody two shoes. Not exactly, but. <laughs> Him and Bobby are definitely the most I feel like moral, yes, yeah, yeah, mhm-, like they seem to actually I feel like you can even see it in certain scenes like on the beach, well, I can't remember are there any scenes where it seems like Jimmy's kind of concerned about the bullying that's happening with Daniel? Uh, I don't think so, I mean, I guess out of Bobby, the only times you you get that are where he like he's had enough Johnny with at the uh, Halloween scene and then in the in the uh in the cut scene with he's regretting his um, injuring Daniel's knee where he throws the belt down. I feel like those are maybe the two most important moments with Bobby, but, mm-hmm. but at least you see that Jimmy doesn't go out of his way. It seemed like to really be mean to Daniel, like Dutch and Jimmy do. He's just the loyal
1: friend who comes along for the ride. It, it seems like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He loves his friends. He's close to his friends, but, um, yeah, D- Dutch is something else, man. And to- I feel like Tommy just loves to have a good time and egg people on and, right, you know, just make the situation worse <laughs> or I don't know. Yeah. He's just kind of a shit starter, Tommy, like Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, um, one of the things I remember when I came into this fandom, it seemed like was there was this group of you guys who I would say is like you and um, the Lady Disdain and Rin and um, Curious Damage or Jewels1980 as her AO3 name is, who are all writing OCs and like fairly prolifically, um, which I know you haven't written in too many other fandoms, but it, I feel like that's pretty rare to have an active group of people producing a lot about original characters um, and their popularity. Like all... I mean, all you guys have done great stuff. And I remember being pretty shocked at, like, Counterpoint, like a story that has an OC as a lead in the story, just how popular that was. But it seems like you guys really support each other in writing original characters. Mm-hmm. Um, is that fair to say? Or, I mean, do you guys talk? It seems like in their Discord, there's there's a lot of just, like, There's even been fic exchanges where you guys will write about each other's characters. Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel that camaraderie with those other authors that are doing original characters? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, in a way, we've helped
1: build each other's characters just a little bit. Yeah. Like, you said you talked about the fic fic exchange. Well, when the Lady Disdain got me for the Christmas exchange... Oh, yeah. She got Alyssa. And we talked about some of the elements of her story. She wanted to make sure that she was getting things about the characters right and if some of these elements to the plot would work. And that actually kind of colored a little bit of how I would continue to characterize Alyssa and Jimmy. Like this I was actually starting to form Alyssa's Latino heritage at the time. And I thought it was funny, like some things that she had in there because she wouldn't have known that at the time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that because the lady is staying? I mean, she's uh, I think it's safe to say she's from Spain. So she's not. um, So I don't know if we know yet where Alyssa's mother is from, whether it's Central America or Mexico or Spain. Um, But yeah, that's interesting that maybe her just being a Spanish person might have bled into the headcanon a little bit.
1: I honestly don't know, but I think we've been working and talking with each other so long that we kind of know each other's characters pretty well. That's cool. And we know we come up with the same headcanons sometimes, sometimes completely on accident.
0: Yeah, that's fun because I feel like half the fun of fanfiction is like having a common understanding of a character. So you can like you and me can have a conversation about Daniel. And even if we interpret some things differently... We just have like a common frame of reference, and you don't get that with original characters. It's like all you—it's your responsibility mm-hmm. to build the character. So I bet that was fun to be able to talk about a character that you made up, but get some help and some feedback. Okay. Yeah,
1: it's kind of fun just building them from scratch and but adding a little piece to your piece of yourself to them, like which I've done for both of my two main OCs.
0: Yeah. Uh, is that something that you would feel comfortable like talking about, or is that, or just pointing out a little bit like what that aspect of Alyssa that you see in yourself is? I
1: can be a bit emotionally closed off around people I don't know. Yeah, and I don't like being touched except by certain people, and ask me the right time. It's, like, just don't automatically hug me. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, And there's
0: things in common that you don't know about Alyssa yet. Yeah. Did you grow up with, do you have siblings or are you an only child? Only child. Gotcha. And Alyssa is as well, or do we know that? I mean, I guess she has half, obviously we know about her half siblings, but.
1: Well, there's actually some siblings you don't know about yet because they haven't factored into the stories yet, but she actually has two Older half-sisters, which she thought originally were her full sisters. Okay, gotcha. From her mother, but she hasn't seen them since she was five years old. So she's basically an only child until she goes to live with Jimmy.
0: That makes sense. And even, um, I think even if she does have all these half-siblings, she certainly is isolated enough where she, I don't know, Her situation feels like an only child, like Mm -hmm. she doesn't have with, you know, going into Jimmy's house, there's nobody that really knows who she is as a person that she can go to and talk about her feelings. So, um, yeah, that's one of the tough parts, I feel like, of of her character is just that she's, um, you know, at least in this situation right now, she's like a pretty lonely person. So it makes you want her to get to know Jimmy and her (laughs) brothers and hopefully she'll feel closer to them at some point. But um, I forgot what we were talking about before. The- oh, yeah, just, I guess, developing original characters. Do you remember getting into this fandom? Were you reading other people's original characters? Or what were some of the stories you were reading before you started writing? Or were you writing as soon as you got into the fandom?
1: No, I was actually more of a reader. Like, some, when, like, around day one, there were no fanfics. Like, yeah, older, karate kid. Fanfics that were so out of character, and sweet. yeah, I've probably seen some of the ones you're talking about, <laughs> and on both AO3 and fanfiction.net. Yep, and see, probably the first one with an original character that seemed pretty genuine that you can relate to was probably from um Jules 1980, Curious Damage, although actually found her first on fanfiction.net as Julia Beth.
0: Yes, that's right. She does write over there under that. Mm-hmm. Um, her The Long Road Back, I think it was called. Yes. I haven't read that one yet. Um. Ooh. You can have to... Refer, uh, this can sound terrible, but um, I can't remember exactly what it's about, but I remember that title for sure. Um, It's one of the first actual Cobra Kai fics,
1: I believe. Okay. Because it's basically... Um, sort of telling Cobra Kai over a bit but there's also an addition of Johnny having a wife who he's a little bit estranged from in a way like they've had problems
0: mm-hmm. one of those being infidelity that led to Robbie I was trying to pull it up here I I went to the last tab and there's all these like Crystal Jenkins and all the susies it stuff and MP was writing a ton back then. It's kind of fun to go, "Oh, here we <laughs> Here's Chills 1980." And So she was one of the first ones you were reading.
1: Yes, and
0: Oh, there it is. Yeah.
1: I didn't find I saw that she was started cross-posting on AO3. Mhm. But we kind of became friends through me commenting on her work on fanfiction.net and then she started writing, but I never stopped trying, yep. and then I found her on Tumblr and kind of brought her into the fold a bit after I got people reading her work, because she is fantastic, and I love her.
0: Yes, I know. I've, that is one, and I'm glad that I'm doing these interviews, because it gives me more of an excuse to read outside of my usual um like la russo bubble and that is one that it always comes up is but i'll never stop trying and i have read uh a careless man's careful daughter which i really enjoyed with yeah uh, her original character becca which is this great look into um basically like if john crease had like a wife and maybe a some daughters to kind of bring out a softer side to him like mm-hmm. he he could have been like a redeemable character so he's still like sort of military disciplinary and tough guy but he's actually um overall a good guy so and it features Bobby um as well so that one's great but but I'll never stop trying I think that's her most popular one it's certainly her longest one it's almost 100,000 yeah. words yeah we'll definitely have her on here at some point and talk about that for sure yeah but there really wasn't any Jimmy content like you had to yeah. create it <laughs> The first, see, I was
1: saying stuff about out of character in the older fix. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I think this one was on AO3. They were trying, to, I don't know, they were making Bobby look even better. Mm-hmm. But then they made, like, gave his worst qualities to Jimmy, I think. And it's like, no. <laughs> oh, man. And then even when. Our quiver started writing. Nobody was talking about Jimmy and even Impy, and she was fantastic writing the teen cobras. And oh, yeah, Jimmy was nowhere to be found in her work until I sent <laughs> it to her. And then he got a nice little chapter there. Then the first actual thicklet, really, that featured Jimmy, which is not on AO3 or fanfiction.net for that matter, but on Tumblr. I had requested from Curious Damage mm-hmm. as sort of a birthday present for me. Yeah. Which was set in her uh, Careless Man's Careful Daughter verse. Yeah.
0: And it was fantastic, and I love it. And Oh, yeah. uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot floating around on Tumblr that I just don't even know how to find. I know that, like, Switch... um she's written some stuff that's just on <laughs> tumblr that i don't know how to find so i i i don't know i wish people would and maybe just me but um i feel like i miss a lot or missed a lot of the early stuff that just yeah. little short snippets that people had. it's usually short stuff that's on there um but it's not archived in a place that's easily searchable so so if you know how to find that jimmy snippet i'd love to maybe link to that in the show notes or at least for me check it out because i haven't read that
1: I could probably find it for you because I am big on tagging my Jimmy stuff and Tony stuff. So
0: yeah, I can find that for you. That'd be sweet. Um, I'm terrible at tagging, so <laughs> and I f- feel like I'll see something. I'll go, oh, I need to read that later. This looks cool, and I just it just gets lost. <laughs> I never find it again. So uh, that's super cool. Well, yeah, definitely. If you find that, send it my way. So that's I feel like that's most of what I had on Never Knew. So it's three chapters. It's a work in progress. Uh, definitely check it out. D- is there anything you feel like I missed or that we should delve into? Um, it's a great setup so far, so I feel like I'm just excited to read more. And
1: Well, I'm excited to write more when I have the chance. And But lately I've been working more on Is This Love, my first Jimmy Fick that I've started writing.
0: Yeah. And I, um, I feel bad. I was kind of immersing myself and never knew. So I didn't really get, um, take too many notes on is this love. And I feel like that one too is, um, you're working on actively and we don't want to spoil too much for the audience. Um, but yeah, is there any, do you want to like talk about that one a little bit or how, I mean, you've sort of already talked about it a little bit, Um, But it's, yeah, a younger Jimmy, it's a romance. You are writing an original character in that one as Uh well. I I guess I don't have anything written down for this one, but it does, it's definitely a totally different story than Never Knew. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a romance where in Never Knew, you know, there's the romance between Jimmy and his wife, but that's not the focus of the story. This one, it seems like the romance is the central um, part of the story.
1: Yeah, it's mostly, why can't Jimmy have the girl? Like, why can't Jimmy get the girl?
0: It's like a fix-it fic in that – yeah, in that sense where he's like – you know, he's finally getting a little bit of a story and an arc of his own and a, and a girl to kind of go after, whether he sort of knows it or not. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it's – it's and it's – um, from what I remember, it's it feels like a little more coming-of-age story for Julie, who is the – she feels more like the lead almost than Jimmy does.
1: Yeah. I feel like maybe – I don't know if that's a problem in my writing or it's easier for me to work with the original character and then how they interact with Jimmy and anybody else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't say that's a problem at all. It almost does ask the reader to do a little more work as in they have to kind of uh, take the time to get to know the character where you can kind of be as a writer, you can kind of be a little bit more lazy with a character that everybody already knows. Um if you actually take the time to read original characters are great cuz they're just more of a mystery. You you know, there's less that you know about them and and so it can be more of a payoff when you do get invested in a in an original character. Yeah. Is I did have one question in that first um chapter of Is This Love, there is a Becca mentioned. Is that the Becca from is that Curious Damages Becca or is that a different one?
1: No, actually I think we were creating our Beckas around the same time. There's that hive mind again. And it's actually Bobby's younger sister.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes. And Julie is Johnny's younger sister, right? Yes. So you do get a lot of Johnny. And I feel like it's nice because you get kind of protective Johnny, your big brother Johnny.
1: Yes, I love writing that. It's so much fun. Because it's the softer side.
0: Yeah, which you see in Cobra Kai... Um, that Johnny's a, a really good person. That we only got this caricature of him in the movies, but you do, in a way, like get little glimpses of nice, soft Johnny. I feel like in Karate Kid, like when he's decorating mm-hmm. for the party, or um, there's like a moment where he's on the soccer field and he tries to say hi to Allie and she like totally like she goes hi, John. You know, she like makes fun of hi, hi Ally. A <laughs> bitch. <Yep. laughs> But he, you know, he was just trying to say hi, you know, probably get back into her good graces because she had just been talking to Daniel. But Mm -hmm. you do get a little glimpse that the Johnny around Daniel isn't the same Johnny around his friends. Exactly. I mean,
1: Johnny is just a normal teenager who likes to get into trouble with his friends, hang out. He didn't intend to be Daniel's bully. It just kind of happened because he's still very much in love with Allie's.
0: I do like that we get a clear sense of that in Cobra Kai, that Johnny was really in love with Allie. It wasn't like this silly kind of kid thing that goes away. Like, it really sticks with them. So I like that. Um, And this one, and I can't remember, again, I did not do my homework well on this one. Is, um, Is there a father figure for Julie and Johnny in this one? If you count Sid. Okay, so Sid's still around.
1: Yeah, Sid's there.
0: Yeah, what a jerk that guy.
1: Awful stepfatherness, yeah. So Johnny is very protective of his little sister
0: around Sid. Just- yeah. In Cobra Kai, we know that um, they didn't have a good relationship, but having Johnny have someone to protect, I feel like just brings out the best of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta reread this one. <laughs> Definitely. Is is this the? One, do you feel like you're more active on? this story versus never knew or one or the other or kind of both uh, it kind of depends on the day on the week i
1: mean which where i'm given some inspiration it's like cuz i'm trying to work on both there's only two chapters of is this love posted so far so i'm trying to get those early flashback like chapters finished so i can go ahead and post them yeah.
0: Yeah. And really, though, it's two chapters, but it's 15,000 words. Like, you've got, uh, you know, some good substantial uh, <laughs> long chapters. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's how I write. I'm
1: very, even with, late like, when I'm commenting on other people's fix, at least in the earlier days, I don't have as much time now. I tend to write a lot, whether I intend to or not.
0: I mean, I think um, – I mean, the the chapters in Never Knew feel very, like, organically sort of structured. Like, they're either a whole day or a night to a night. So and I always just feel like you kind of naturally know when you're writing a chapter, like, where is a natural stopping point versus, like, trying to keep the chapters, like, the same word count or something. I don't think that's always the right technique. And and some people just naturally write shorter chapters. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I think they, they even if they're long, I don't think that's a bad bad thing. I mean, I tend to write longer chapters as well, so I like it like it's good. I think it keeps it like kind of sucks you in and
1: mm-hmm. keeps
0: you uh engaged for a longer periods of time, so I kind of like that, yeah, nice. Do you always get lots of different like project ideas that you're you have to keep yourself from starting so that you can finish what you <laughs> what you're working on? I have that problem. I do,
1: but they're not exactly Karate Kid, Cobra Kai related. I'm trying to focus on these fix before I work on my two head of the class ideas or a charmed AU or something other Tony related because he just kind of sucks you right in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was taking a break from writing, I ended up finding some more little Tony episodes that he was in. And one of them being from George Lopez, and he only has like one, maybe two lines. But I'm fascinated by his character, and I end up coming up with this whole story for him. And it's he's only in as this character, only in one episode. It's like, why am I doing this, (laughs) putting myself through this?
0: Yeah, he's just so uh, I can't even describe it. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't know. There's just some actors that you get intrigued by and that you, um, I don't know, you find inspiring. I mean, something like that, when you're only getting a little glimpse, it's almost like you're having to write like you are with your original characters. Because you have a mm-hmm. little tiny tease or a foundation of something, and then you have to do the rest of the work to make right. a full character. So
1: I have to do that with Jimmy anyways.
0: Yeah, Totally. Totally. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you do in the in that episode in Cobra Kai, you do get the sense that he is a family man. Um, I don't know. Something about him carrying in that flower basket or the, the gift basket yeah. with the Bluetooth yeah. in was so perfect. It just seemed like, mm-hmm. okay, this makes sense for Jimmy. I don't know why. And the deleted scene with the car. Oh, right.
1: That was perfect because I already had this headcanon that he was- before we even saw this episode that
0: he was a practical family man
1: (laughs) and this was perfect it went so perfectly with
0: it yeah and i feel like i can't remember exactly but did the other guys give him some shit about his like dad car yes
1: (laughs) what's wrong with this car like why is it considered a pussy car i mean come on pussy
0: car that's right oh that's so funny I wish they had left that one in. It probably was a pacing thing, or I don't know why. It really is, because that, that scene is the setup to them getting motorcycles, right? It is. Yeah, they're kind of like, we can all fit in this, but what we can fit in, and like cut to motorcycles. It was something like that. Oh, I did. I was looking at this, um, your Laura goes to school. That oh, did, was that a fic exchange?
1: That was our very first fic
0: exchange, yes. That's his little sweet one. That's from, yeah, Curious Damages, um...
1: But I'll Never Stop Trying. But I'll Never
0: Stop Trying, that's right, because Shannon's in that universe and they're still together, I think. Is she...?
1: No, they're not together. I mean, they were together enough for Laura to happen, but then they broke up. Yes. And Johnny actually has a relationship with his kids, although, as with Robbie, it's not always the greatest. And Laura just worships her dad most of the time. Who won it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a sweet one. Like I said, I need to get into that one. Because that's just an interesting, like, kind of a, just the title, but I'll never stop trying. It's like kind of a family that's not perfect, but trying. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one.
1: That was a fun little fic to write.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I didn't. I mean, I don't have any OCs, so I didn't participate. And I think I was pretty deep into writing Midlife Crisis at that point. But um, I love stuff like that where it's sort of a it's a social exercise as well. You're getting to know your fellow writers. And it's just a nice gift type thing where, you know, you never get that where someone writes something with your creation. Like that's got to be a pretty cool feeling, like opening up a story that's got your character. Yeah, I think we covered most of what I wanted to talk about. I'm just really looking forward to uh, reading more about Alyssa. I think she's a great character. She's she's probably my favorite original character. I mean, there's so many great ones in this fandom, but I feel like that's the one I've read the most and gotten the most invested in, so... Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Now, thank you for writing, Alyssa. She's... I love your
1: comments, by the way. They just my day.
0: Oh, uh, well, good. I, I mean, I appreciate that this fandom, I feel like we, even if we get in our bubbles, we all try and branch out sometimes and read stuff that we wouldn't normally read or you know it gets hard when you're an author and it takes so much mental energy to focus on your story and write it that mm-hmm. it's really hard sometimes to like take the time to read other people's stuff but it really is and there's so many good things out there and you're missing them oh, i still need to finish your midlife that one is such a uh a long one <laughs> <laughs> That if you're, I don't blame you because it's a great one. If you're, if you're not writing anything and you're looking for like kind of a long thing to get invested in, but if you're like trying to, and the chapters are really fucking long, like they're probably <laughs> seven to ten thousand word chapters. It's like ridiculous. So anyway, that's all to say, I don't blame you, and because um, it is one that's like you can't just read a fun chapter and like okay, let me just read this like thousand words and I'll go on with my day like. You're like fuck, I gotta invest like the next two <laughs> hours in this stupid <laughs> chapter. But uh it was fun to write. But yeah, thank you. And you did leave some lovely comments on that. So I thank you as well. And um yeah, it's a good fandom to be in. I love this community, so and I feel like you you've been in this quiver a lot and um you're one of those indispensable people that make this community great to be in, so oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being a part of the the quiver. Yeah. And I think I've said it before, but if anyone's out there just listening to this, like, if you want a place and you're a writer or a reader and you want to talk to other writers, um, you can message and Fanfic and we'll get you an invite. As long as you seem like a cool person, you don't come in and act like a jerk, um, you'll be fine. <laughs> but there's ever you know, a lot of the active writers are all in there. So um, yeah, it's a good place to be. I feel like, I feel like we all kind of talk every day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess um, if that's all, um, yeah, just thanks so. I think, we. Well, how long have we been going here? I think about two hours, maybe? Oh, yeah. A little over two hours. Nice. I <laughs> feel like it's like a very Joe Rogan-y length that I'm, I'm <laughs> like, two to three hours. That's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> but it's so much fun to listen to when it's up. It's like... I think so. I think even though they're longer, it's just nice to for me, I feel like I'm As a listener, you even feel part of the conversation because you're, like, thinking, like, as we say stuff or come up with questions and answers, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Or I wonder about this. And Mm -hmm. if I'm being a good interview, hopefully I'm I'm asking the questions that you're wondering.
1: (laughs) Well, if they have any questions for me, they can just send them on. I mean.
0: Yeah, you can find um, Invisible Observer 13 as Dream Beyond the Fantasy on Tumblr. And maybe we'll link to that. But I feel like as soon as you start following one of us, that we're always sharing each other's stuff. And, like, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, to find the rest of us. So, um, yeah. Are you looking forward to uh, – do you have a Netflix account? Or are you going to be watching Netflix as, as soon as the uh, Cobra Kai season's come out this month?
1: Of course. I probably would have watched more this week, but I was preparing for this. And then I got back into karate
0: and then Lucifer. Oh, we didn't talk about karate. Just real fast. Are you enjoying, because you've you've been doing karate for a little bit. I meant to ask you this, sorry. Um, Have you been enjoying your, because you took some time off because I think you you injured your ankle or something. And Mm -hmm. it's just COVID, you know, has like interrupted everything.
1: There was a literal five-month break between my last karate class and then starting back up was it was like March 12th and then August 12th
0: That's a long time to be out of it if you're cuz karate it kind of like builds on itself, right? Like there's moves you have to remember, to like <laughs> learn new stuff and
1: like I've forgotten some kata and then just being out of shape cuz my last class this week was so hard on we did a lot of kicking. So, yep. 2 days later, I don't know how I'm standing. Or even walking,
0: yeah. So much pain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. At least you know that that's like a visible sign that you're getting stronger, though. Even if it sucks. Yeah. What um what style of karate is it? Well,
1: it's definitely Okinawan, but don't even ask me how to pronounce. <laughs> I I can't.
0: Yeah, I know that they say Goju Ryu is like kind of what most people think Miyagi's karate, and that's a type of Okinawan. Anyway, I don't really know anything. It's funny the stuff you have to research if you're writing Karate Kid fanfiction. It's like at some point I feel like you go down a rabbit hole of like different kinds of karate and kinds of karate kicks and punches and
1: and even if you're like trying to like figure out the belt and trying to be accurate whereas the movie and the show are not. Oh yeah. That is hard enough on its own because each school has its own color ranking. Like yeah. Not the same. and
0: Yeah, it's magical in Cobra Kai. You go from white to black really fast.
1: <laughs> Everyone's a black belt. I mean, at least we've seen some actual colors in the Karate Kid.
0: Yeah, there was like one brown belt maybe? Or... Like um,
1: in the dojo scene, Jerry Robertson is green, but when we go to the tournament, he's been promoted to brown. Okay. Jimmy's a brown belt. Uh, the big dude that Daryl Vidal... Kicks in the chest. He's a brown belt. I've seen another green and maybe different color in the dojo scene, but that's like the only time that you see actual colors.
0: I feel like the the cobras in Johnny's Cobra Kai. I don't remember as much, but it seems like there's probably more black belts. Like if Miguel basically goes from beginner, it's and maybe it's just reflecting like almost the absurdity of how good Daniel gets so quickly mm-hmm. from like October to December. It's like pretty unbelievable. And Miguel, at least I guess he has the whole school year. So he has like nine months to go from white belt to black belt. But is that, as far as you know, karate, is that like pretty unbelievable or, or is that conceivable in nine months?
1: I kind of really doubt it. Yeah. Cause I'm two years in and I am an orange belt. Uh, yeah. it. There's some kids in the advanced class, C. the most advanced one I know is a purple belt. And that's, like, right under the brown, or the lowest rung of
0: brown, I think. And then there's a green belt under her. Do you think it's easier to learn when you start out as a kid? Probably. But
1: I think they have to learn discipline and keep on it, because our sensei keeps getting on to them for, like, not staying in a good stance right and like being too wide or something i'm just kind of there and in a crouch like in a squat and he's like using me as an example sometimes and i'm just kind of like no don't don't make them look at me
0: (laughs) yeah i suppose an adult you at least have the benefits of like being able to focus and follow directions whereas like the younger kids are probably just like you know just like running around and trying to
1: definitely they're like that between classes most of them
0: I know I've thought about taking a karate class because I you know I grew up watching like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee and I always wanted to but I've just never had the felt like I had the time or money to do it but if I I have the time now probably to do it but I then I probably couldn't do stuff like podcast and write as much as I want to but it does seem fun but I think Yeah, I'm assuming in a beginner's class, I would also be, like, the adult in the kid's class, for sure. (laughs) Is that hard sometimes, or do you like being around the kids? Well, since I've
1: gotten to know them, they're really awesome. And somehow they ended up, like, befriending me. Like, they'll actually talk to me and interact with me now. It's like... Uh, And they were cheering me on in the last class when I had to kick the training bag, like, alternating kicks for, like, minute and a half or two or something and it i was kind of feeling like oh stop cheering me on i i don't like being center of attention and yeah then the moms like i commented on facebook about it and then the moms are like but they adore you you're doing a great job Uh oh, you got the moms cheering you on karate <laughs> yeah. moms the karate moms are pretty awesome that's cool. Unlike Xander Stone's mom. She's <laughs> insane.
0: She is totally crazy. I love that we do get that comment from Amanda in that episode. It's like she says something about how the karate moms freak her out. <laughs> Which she's talking about about but real karate moms, yeah, I bet they're pretty cool.
1: Yeah, they're really down to earth supportive.
0: I mean, they're awesome. That's super cool. Nice. Well, good. Are you doing that like once a week or how often are you doing that? Twice a week, alternating days. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad I'm proud of you as just to know you, uh, that you're doing that. I feel like, um, someday maybe I'll, I'll pursue karate. (laughs) It's just funny how the things that you love, fictional things that you love, like inspire you to do stuff in real life. Like You always hear people like Star Trek fans talking about how it inspired them to be an engineer, you know, stuff like that. So it's pretty cool what fiction can do. Yeah. It was
1: definitely the Karate Kid that got me into karate.
0: Yeah. Well, you're not the only one. You hear like real sensei, like Billy and Ron, I think and those guys have talked about how they've talked to real senseis that have been like, yeah, man, I started my career because of the Karate Kid, (laughs) which is pretty cool okay well i guess i think i'll i will not take up any more of your day but yeah thanks for jumping i feel like you were supportive of this podcast from the beginning um so i just awesome well i appreciate it because it is a lot to ask people to come on and you know talk about their work where fan fiction so like kind of sheltered in a way so talking about it on a podcast where anybody can listen um i don't know it takes some guts so i really appreciate it um okay well thank you so much and um yeah i'll i'll link to your profile and stuff and we'll link never New um and tales of never New, and is this level put those on the show notes so um yeah well thank you so much you're welcome i've really enjoyed it